Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is February 14th, 2022. Happy Valentine's Day. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Eric. Hello, hello. You're starting to become like a frequent, like, uh, like a frequent flyer on this show now. I think, I think third time's the charm, I think they say. We're not going to be back for a fourth. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how this goes. Right. <laughs> so, um, have you encountered anything new or interesting in the past couple of weeks? Actually, it's only been like two weeks since you've been on the show, as opposed to like the last time was like six months. Yeah. No, <laughs> not much has happened. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers released Black Summer, their first uh, new single off the album. What's the album called, Black Summer? I honestly have no idea. I know there's a song called Black Summer. This I, is the first one back with John Frusciante, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I was never a giant fan of Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I do kind of like this song. Yeah, I, I think... What, what, what was his name? Josh Klinghoffer? Yeah, Klinghoffer. Uh, he was all right, but I feel like John's which is way much... Oh, like, yeah. They just mesh so much better well he was like essentially like made for that band like he based all of his playing around red hot chili peppers and like that was it klinghoffer though i mean he was interesting he's yeah. definitely interesting it's kind of funny that he's in fucking pearl jam now he is yeah <laughs> <laughs> damn or he's doing a song with pearl jam something i i don't i don't know but i i know that they're it's just uh it's just with eddie vetter yeah <laughs> Um, so my new and interesting cruising through YouTube, like I normally do, I was, I was just like, I just typed in brutal, brutal breakdowns is what I typed in. I was expecting to hear like, just like, you know, like slam and like deathcore type breakdowns. And I came across this video that was a compilation and the song that struck, you know, that like, uh, struck me as interesting was um it was called Gore Conspiracy by Russian death metal band Cat- Catalepsy Cal- Yeah, Catal K A T A L E P S Y Catalepsy Catalepsy? Catalepsy? I I don't know anyone uh, listening over there in uh Russia want to help us out with this one. Um Super, super brutal, nasty, like, can barely make out with any of any of the instruments is like it was recorded, like, on an iPhone, like, with static in the background. Um, I read up a little bit on them. They were formed in 2003 in Russia, and that's pretty much all I have. Um, but all their other music kind of sounds pretty much the same to this, but... If you're looking for something like super brutal and something you can literally not tell what you're listening to, other than it just being super nasty, this is the kind of shit you want to go for. Very, very fast. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that's about it. I guess let's get into our uh, uh, fucking On This Day in Music History. All right. Uh, you going first? Me going first? No, you go first. You're the guest. That's true. Uh, 2004, today, 2004. After nine weeks at number one in the U.S., Hey Ya 
gives another outcast song, The Way You Move. Gives way. Do <laughs> gives Actually, way to- why don't you start with 1972? Oh, yeah. And then we'll go up. <laughs> no edits on this show. This is the best part about this podcast. There is no edits. It's super raw. <laughs> how raw is it, Bill? I, I don't know. That, that all determines on how the rest of the show goes. My bad, my bad. <laughs> 1972, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 is born in America. American parents in West <laughs> Germany. <laughs> I, I don't know what the general consensus is throughout the Twitter sphere of Matchbox 20, but I personally am a giant fan of Matchbox 20. They're one of those like adult alternative bands that are just like, they stand the test of time. Any of one of those Matchbox 20 songs, it's like a Nickelback song. You put it on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you put it on and you don't want to be caught singing to it, but you, but you know you are. It's like the new TikTok trend with the with uh, uh, what what Creed song is it? It's like Creed's like my sacrifice or some shit. And it's always like people in like different situations, <laughs> and like they hear it and like, and like they'll turn around the other way and sing it. Like, <laughs> that's kind of um, how I think everyone feels about Matchbox Twenty. But I I love Matchbox Twenty. I like them. They're definitely an underrated band, like you know from that time period. <clears throat> Moving on here to nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the Deftones, on their final stop of their tour opening for Black Sabbath, find that their truck had been stolen from the parking lot of the Holiday Inn in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, taken are all of the band's backline equipment and instruments, uh, including several cheese basses and um, Stephen Carpenter's uh, guitars and amps and stuff. Um, I don't know anything about Dearborn, Michigan, but I do know Detroit's in Michigan, and Detroit's one of the worst cities in the world. <laughs> So I think uh brings the whole state down. Yeah, it brings the entire state down. Like at least with New Jersey, we have like Bon Jovi and shit. Like people just don't immediately think of Camden when they think of New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, well Or Newark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they they don't instantly think of Jersey Shore. Or no, they, they do think of Jersey Shore immediately. But they never go, Man, Camden's a real shithole. <laughs> New Jersey's like uh a piece of toast. It's a little <laughs> soggy on the outside. But <laughs> Firms up in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Oh, it's me. Yeah, it's you. (laughs) Now now you get to read 2004. Yeah, we're back. (laughs) After nine weeks at number one in the U.S., Hey Ya gives way to another outcast song, The Way You Move, which has been... Number two, the previous eight weeks, a record for most weeks at number two before claiming the top spot. I guess you could say it was a late bloomer in in a sense. I personally like the way you move more. I think it's a way better song. Hey, yeah. uh, hey, uh, has the perfect qualities to it being a hit song and, you know, like being like the cookie cutter, like like radio single. But I just think the way you move has like a better groove to it. It's just like, a, I don't know, in my opinion, I think it's a better song. Yeah. I, though, Hey I had that music video that I remember seeing. The music video was cool. Until this, like, to this day. Like, and that was the first instance of me probably seeing a Rickenbacker. <laughs> he was playing one in that video. I do remember the video for The Way You Move, though. I think it was him, like, like wrapping around a bunch of, like, low riders with big rims. I'm pretty sure that was the video. 
as was like any rap video in 2004. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> giving a nod there to Slim Thug and Paul Wall, Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that it's kind of crazy though that a band held the number one and number two spot. But like that album, like they weren't even a band anymore. Yeah. Like they, they were completely split up and it was two separate albums essentially. And it's just funny that both of them were number one and number two. Yeah. Did you ever see the Key and Peele skit of mm. like Andre 3000, like going to the coffee shop and big boys there? No. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I got something to show you. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> um, Last thing here in music history, 2019. Kanye West hires Kenny G uh, to play his sultry saxophone in a room full of roses for his wife, Kim Kardashian, as a Valentine's Day surprise. They end up collaborating with Kenny G, playing on Kanye's Jesus is King track, Use This Gospel. I got a quick question. Yeah. You think Pete Davidson has Kenny G money? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he needs Kenny G money. (laughs) Uh, it, you know, it's it's another one of those things. Like I think it's funny because the last time you were on the show, like we were talking about the Britney Spears thing. Yeah. Like now the the new big thing is Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, and like how fucking horrible their divorce is. And he is a motherfucker. I think really needs to be put away. Like he's crazy. Yeah. Like he probably is going to listen <laughs> yeah. to me say this right now, and he's going to knock on the fucking door. Oh hell no! <laughs> I always go back to like the thing though, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. Did a stand-up talking about him, and like when he was on Chappelle's show before he was even famous, like he was like a nobody. He was referring to himself in the third person. Like, yeah. <clears throat> could you imagine if I was like, yeah, Bill likes that a lot? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, who's Bill? Bill is me. <laughs> <laughs> Bill says the Bill is Bill. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But like. It is kind of crazy though, and like he's like dragging, you know, her and uh, the kids, and it's just it's just wild. I mean, then again, you reap what you sow, and I'm not a giant fan of the Kardashians or their lifestyle or their choices. Kim, yeah. uh, Chris Kardashian or Chris Jenner, she's a very smart business person, and uh, they made a lot of money off of uh, nothing. Yeah, basically nothing. <laughs> you uh, you ever see the Kanye West freak out? On a sway in the morning? No. Oh my god. Is it is it good? It, it's like full blown meltdown. Uh, Actually, you probably saw it when you were uh, searching brutal breakdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised it didn't come up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but going back here to my comment earlier about a late bloomer in Andre three thousand and Big Boy. Today's <laughs> he used to be little boy. <laughs> yeah, he used to be little boy. He's big boy now. Um, the topic I want to get into today is bands that not necessarily weren't good, but bands that didn't really like get popular until later on in their careers. Um, I guess starting off, I want to uh, bring up ACDC. You know, you had High Voltage and Dirty Deeds and Highway to Hell. And, like, they were pretty big albums. And, yeah. you know, they, they were a pretty successful band at that point in time. And then Back in Black happened. Yeah. And then they went from just another rock band to 
in every household across the fucking world, across the globe. Everyone knew who ACDC was after Back in Black. And I mean, it kind of sucks that all the success and everything happened after Bon Scott died, but the there's, you know, and like Steve is the, he's the type of guy that's like ACDC before Brian Johnson and then mm-hmm. after Brian Johnson. I I do think that the band was different after Bon Scott. It lost its edge yeah. and it kind of became very formulaic and it was just like another rock band, like basically putting out the same fucking 10 songs for however many years. But Back in Black really, in my opinion, put them on the map. Like if they weren't yeah. already on the map before, they became the map. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That one's better. Nice. <laughs> so what do you got? Uh, my first one's kind of a bummer. It's not really common knowledge, but uh, when you talk about Sublime, hmm. their self-titled album came out in 1996. Coincidentally, it came out two months after Bradley Knowles died. That's um, crazy. Like, he, it the band was already defunct by the time they the even got... Before they even had the potential to get famous. But they had Robin the Hood, 40 Ounces of the Freedom, came out in 1992. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, like, that was, their their breakthrough album was their last album. That's just crazy. And they weren't even a band. I mean, I guess at that point you have less royalties to put up. Yeah, True. <laughs> Nah, that's that's tragic. <laughs> um another one on my list here is the replacements. Um with Let It Be, that kind of like blew them up into like the stratosphere of, you know, like uh, alternative bands. But I feel like the album that should have got them bigger was Tim. Oh yeah, 100%. Th- I think Tim fucking smashes Let It Be. And it just it just sucks that like uh, I I I've always said it they were like they were they came out at the wrong time yeah like they they were literally like ten years too early and if anyone has never heard the album Tim by the Replacements I highly suggest to go listen to it it is uh, phenomenal yeah it's uh like alternative rock like masterpiece like, yeah front to back it's amazing. I always it always kind of annoyed me. I saw that one interview that Kurt Cobain did, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't really like the replacements." I'm like, "What a dick!" Yeah. What do you mean you don't like the replacements? He's like, the interview was like, uh, "Yeah, you know, like a lot of people around me like like the replacements, and like I'm just like not. I this, this I'm more is of not. a Pixies guy. Yeah, it's just like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't like the replacements? Yeah." And, like, you can't tell me that Nirvana wasn't somehow shaped or influenced by the replacements at all. It's yeah. just impossible. You can't you can't have one without the other. Yeah, true. <coughs> Tommy Stinson, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Inside <man>. joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my next uh, next one up is Sugar Ray. Oh, that's a good one. Sugar Ray had uh, 
their breakthrough album was pretty much floored in 1998. Mm. Uh, that had Fly on it. Yeah. Uh, they actually had an album before that called Lemonade and Brownies, and it's amazing. It's totally different than the Sugar Ray that we're yeah. all accustomed to. Yeah, like they. Like, changed, I know. They I know the album their, you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> they changed their sound up. Uh, like they went from like Motown to uh, like harder rock on that album, and then they came out with Floored, and that had Fly on it. Yeah. Another band that's almost similar to that is like Beastie Boys. Yeah. Like punk band, like heavy band, and then all of a sudden they're they're rappers. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, well it worked. <laughs> I think it worked. Yeah. Beastie Boys <laughs> is awesome. <coughs> A next one that I have. It should come as no surprise if you follow the show. And if you're fans of this band that I'm about to bring up, but Pantera. Pantera had released like three albums before Cowboys from Hell. Pantera's like tenure was from like 1985 to like 2001. Yeah. So they were a band for 16 years. And they were only like famous for nine of those years. Yeah. (sighs) And like, they don't have a bad album. At no, all? hell no. I mean, like the the older. The, I mean, it's it's an acquired taste, like Metal Magic and all that other shit. Mm-hmm. It's an acquired taste, but Cowboys from Hell on. There's no, there isn't a bad album. Yeah, and it's just kind of funny that, and this is like another instance too where they completely change their sound. They completely yeah. change. Like it, like it was a night and day difference. And they basically spawned an entire new genre in music. Yeah, they and really did. Yeah, they, they 100% did. And it's just funny, and it's kind of disheartening that, you know, like, Dimebag had to pass, like, as he was getting ready for a second, you know, thing of success with music. Yeah. Because they had worked, him and the brother, uh, him and Vinnie Paul, they had worked so hard for this, and then... You know, like they only reaped the benefits for what twelve years? Uh, yeah, he, he was killed in 04. So yeah, yeah, they only reaped the benefits for twelve years, and it's just like they had another twelve of like super hard work before it. Yep, it's just crazy, but yeah, Pantera, undeniable domination. <laughs> um, my next suggest- suggestion is uh, Daft Punk, uh, their album Homework that came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Uh, that was the album before Discovery in 2001 that was like their blow up into the stratosphere. Yeah. Is that the one that had one more time on it? Discovery was. Discovery was, yeah. Yeah, uh, they had homework that had uh, Defunk on it. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, that song's amazing. Yeah. Like, they were, they were, it was kind of weird because where they came out, they were like, so far removed from the 80s that what they were doing was fresh. <laughs> like, but with new technology, so... Oh, yeah. Like, they came out and they, like, set the freaking world on fire with Discovery, and then Random Access Memories, their last album, was amazing. Like, that's a perfect electronic album. Well, what's funny is I watched... Um, 
It was a documentary. It was called uh, "What We Made" or something. It was it was an EDM documentary, mm. and they didn't even like bring up Daft Punk at all. Like it was all like focused on like Calvin Harris or whatever fuck that kid's name is, and like uh, uh, DJ DJ fucking Tiesto or some shit. I, I don't mm. fucking know, but it was like it was basically like a bunch of fucking jerk offs, yeah. and it was just like it, it was a very good documentary. And I don't mean to call them jerk offs. It's just the way I'm talking. Um, you know, but they didn't talk about like Daft Punk or anything. Like that. Actually, Skrillex wasn't even brought up, and I was just like, "Man, this is a little fucking weird." You have a, yeah. a documentary about EDM, but you're not talking about the dude that literally brought it to the mainstream, or the other guy that brought it completely to the mainstream. It's yeah. just, it's just really weird. But Skrillex is just weird, like yeah. from first to last to, th- to like spearheading a genres. Like yeah, explosion. He he gets a lot of hate for it too, and I I just don't understand it. Like they he literally cracked the code on how to make you know a dubstep song and have it be marketable to normal everyday people, and they just shit all over. It's basically like another Nickelback effect. Yeah, that, that's gonna be the term, <laughs> the Nickelback effect. <laughs> Skrillex Skrillex had he was part of the Nickelback effect. <laughs> he had cracked the code and everyone hated him for it. Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> My last one here. And this one's going to generate some conversation here, hopefully on our social media platforms, because it's pretty controversial depending on which way you think about it. If you want to, you can find us on our social media <laughs> accounts, facebook.com slash RATM podcast, Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast, or you can write us an email at RATM podcast at gmail.com. But my final band here is Metallica. The Metallica. The Metallica. <laughs> that lead up. I thought you were going to say Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> um, Metallica. They had released their first four albums. Uh, Kill them all. Ride the lightning. Master of Puppets and Justice for All. Mm. They're all coveted albums. They're all fucking like certified like masterpieces. But something else besides Cowboys from Hell happened in 1991, and that was Metallica's The Black Album. If no one knew who Metallica was before then, they 100% knew who they were after the needle dropped on The Black Album. That was, it was like a nevermind thing. Like yeah. it was like on the radio yep. all over the place. And I mean, I, I hate to be like Metallica fanboy, but the Black Album, in my opinion, is like one of the best produced albums. It's got some of the best drum sounds I've ever heard in any studio ever. The songwriting is impeccable. And it's one of those albums where you don't have to skip any songs because every song is just a straight banger. Every one of them. And I mean, people hate the black album and it's another one of those, like the Bon Scott effect before Bon Scott, after Bon Scott and, um, or before Brian Johnson, after Brian Johnson, there's Metallica pre black album and post black album. Then that's how the Brian Johnson effect turns into the Nickelback effect because Metallica cracked the code. Maybe Metallica is the start of this whole thing. Maybe it should be the Metallica effect. 
Maybe. They cracked the code. The Black Album was a masterpiece. And then they continued their success with Load and Reload. And then they kind of fell off with St. Anger, which is understandable because not everything could be perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not, I haven't been a giant fan of anything else they put out, but. Lulu. Yeah. Lulu was uh, <laughs> obviously is their number one. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's get Lou Reed. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Metallica is one of those bands that I think, you know, to the mainstream is a late bloomer type band. And it's funny, too, because, I mean, I can only imagine what it was like in the 90s, like hearing Metallica for the first time and then going into their back catalog and being like, whoa, this isn't even the same band anymore. Yeah. Like, you think about it. You you put on the Black Album and then you put on, I don't know, fucking Battery. And it's like, yeah, this isn't the same band. It's, uh, it's almost like the late 80s to the early 90s. Like, that was when... Kind of like radio stations as a whole were like, let's give like more edgy music a chance. Yeah. And it uh, couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah. Open the floodgates for <laughs> stuff like the Black Album. Yeah. So what do you uh, got? Last album for me, or last band for me is uh, the White Stripes. Okay. <clears throat> they have. Uh, I think it was 2004. Elefunk. Yeah, yeah Elefunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that came out. They had three albums prior to that, though, and they were great. Uh, the White Stripe self-titled, They Still. I th- I have never heard anybody say that album. <laughs> like, I don't even know if it's... Ang- I don't know if you can speak it with the human tongue. Uh, and then... Uh, White blood cells. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Th- uh, they were like a lot more folky. Okay. Like kind of stripped back in the earlier stuff. Yeah. And the fourth album, we get Seven Nation Army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that noise. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah, I, I remember... Seven Nation Army. I remember hearing that for the first time, and like I thought it was like a brand new band. Mm-hmm. It is kind of funny though that that they had two or three albums previously, but huh? Yeah, they like they had their you know success. They didn't have any like huge radio singles. Yeah, but Seven Nation like it's like there was no Seven Nation Army before that song came out. <laughs> like that was the like. It gets played everywhere. Every arena, oh, yeah. every arena, like in the entire world. Plays I'm gonna that. fight them off. <laughs> Seven Nation Army couldn't hold me back. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. That's really funny. And um, listeners of the show know my stance on Jack White. I think he's a total fucking jerk off. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, have you ever seen him? Might get loud. That was with uh, Jimmy Page and... The uh, Edge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he was like in the car, and he's like, and they're like, what do you think is going to happen when you guys get together? He's like, probably going to fist fight. And he was like, all serious, and I was just like, what a dick. Like, what do you mean fist fight? You're not fist fighting Jimmy Page. Jimmy <laughs> Page is going to walk up and just go, what are you doing, mate? I always thought it was funny and that... Bitch like, slap him. 
<laughs> Whenever Jack White's talking and it like goes to like Jimmy Page, he's just like, it's not it, like they play it off as respect, but it's like it looks like he's like, look at how cute this guy is. <laughs> and then there's the edge where he's like, yeah, and this is uh, this is how I get this tone. I just gotta click all fifteen delay pedals on. <laughs> Jamie Page is like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that's so funny is like, um, there was like a deleted scene or something. I, I don't remember who was in the, the final movie, but um, Jimmy Page was like teaching them how to play cashmere mm-hmm. and like Jack White like couldn't get the handle of it. It was just like, oh, you're some like, you know, you self-proclaimed fucking guitar god and you can't learn this. Yeah. Even the edge has it. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, and that's it's repeating funny. Repeating seven times. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? Was there bands that obviously there was bands that we didn't bring up? Um, there's only so much you could pack into a half hour show. But do you agree with our choices? Do you disagree with our choices? Uh, find us on our social media accounts: Facebook.com/slash RATM Podcast. Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast. And of course, you can get us on our email, RATM Podcast at gmail.com. But until then, let's get into our suggestions for this week. I'll let you go first, Eric. Ooh. You go first. Okay, so Friends of the Podcast Alica uh, just released their new single, Glass Planet, off of their. I guess new EP, uh, not yet released, called Glass Planet. Um, if you were a fan of Descending, and if you are at all a fan of Alka or even a fan of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast, I strongly suggest you to check out uh, Glass Planet. It is incredible. It's another one of those from start to finish, super brutality, and you know the vocals from RJ. It's just a extremely good song. And, um, yeah, Alica, Glass Planet. It's awesome. <laughs> I'll be checking it out. Uh, my suggestion this week is Short Circuit by Daft Punk. Okay. At first I thought you were getting ready to say like Short Circuit, like Johnny Five Short Circuit. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Daft Punk. It's a, it's a very, very cool song. Yeah. I like, I like Daft Punk. I, I think they're, uh. Just the the soundscapes they're able to make and like the mood they're able to do, like the moods they're able to invoke with electronic music, it's it's an art form. I you know I I talk a lot of shit about EDM, but mm. it is an art form. And those guys are like the uh, the Michael Angelos, yeah, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Short Circuit is uh, like we were talking about EDM and. I sw- I had to swap switch it up because this is like short circuits a song that's like pre EDM yeah but it's got all the elements oh that's awesome so yeah that's uh, another episode of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast for the books uh if you like you can find us on our social media accounts again facebook.com slash ratm podcast Instagram and Twitter at ratm podcast and of course if those characters aren't enough. 
You can uh, write to us, rtmpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and don't forget, YouTube search, Rage Against Mainstream Podcast. The more views you give us and the more subscriptions you give us, the easier it's going to be to say this whole thing. It could eventually be like youtube.com slash podcast, But instead, right now, it's like youtube.com slash search slash question mark XZP2145 or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But... um. Yeah, so find us on our social media accounts. Email us. Watch our videos. We do this for you. So on that note, this is another episode of Rage Kids Mainstream <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, my name is Bill. My name is Eric. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>